Thank you for listening. Please be advised that I am not a professional in any fields that matter when it comes to what I discuss. I have never just believed something I heard on a podcast, and you shouldn't either. If you do find yourself with correcting information for me, please send it to livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening, the uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down from Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern Hello all, welcome to episode 24 of Living Through Extinction. I like beginning each episode with a skepticism segment, assuming I have one. Today I'm taking the brunt of my information from a July article at skepticalscience.com. Make sure to check them out sometime. I'm going to be talking about why facts don't matter to some people. But before we pass judgment, we need to understand that rationality and intelligence are different things. In fact, it appears that the smartest people are very good at coming up with creative ways to rationalize and justify nonsense. You cannot say someone is unintelligent just because they are not rational. One of humanity's greatest flaws, in my opinion, is the whole political identity, religious identity, or just plain tribalism that takes over the rational parts of our brains. Confirmation bias is there in us all, but strongest in those who do not recognize it in themselves. Some of us try to announce our biases when discussing a topic with another, so there will be no need to call them out. I believe skeptics tend to be more honest about where their biases lay, because it is something we are taught to look for not just in others, but also in ourselves. On the off chance this term is new to someone, confirmation bias is when we accept whatever aligns with our current belief and discard what conflicts without ever looking into, or even caring in some cases, what may actually be true. When confirmation bias is strong within you, members of your tribe can do no wrong, no matter what vile thing they may do. Everyone else are enemies and are wrong, even if fact-based and right, no matter what they do. The article at skepticalscience.com used Obamacare as what they refer to as a fascinating political example. It is considered evil incarnate to Republicans, while at the same time, it is considered an important provision for the greater good by the Democrats. Yet the entire concept and approach that was used was initially laid out by Republicans. Here was a good Republican idea that was implemented by the others, so now it is wicked and to be obliterated. There is no reason involved. Identity is emotional, not rational. And this really is a prime example of that. This is the major reason I am turned off by the idea of voting along political lines, of having a party and sticking by it. Fuck that bullshit. Parties change. We've seen changes to many political parties in the last 100 years, and even more drastic changes to a few in the last four years. They change. These always have, always will voters often find themselves voting against their own beliefs and values because always have. Always will. Sorry, but I have no respect for that attitude of ignorance. If you find yourself in conversation with people of this mindset, remember, they are not necessarily bad people. As a podcaster I listen to named David Smalley likes to say, they are just victims of bad ideas. They could be the most helpful, caring, devoted individual and still be a victim of a bad idea. But conversing with someone with this level of confirmation bias has to be gentle. 
Providing facts does nothing because they do not have an understanding of how the facts were obtained. In many cases, you may offer to assist with that, but they do not care to learn either. They are locked in a mindset, and that's that. It's actually recommended not to provide facts to these individuals. They do not work that way. It's best to come up with examples that may reach them on an emotional level. A great example is given in the article. Quote, if discussing climate change, you can, of course, simply list facts. However, if you frame it differently and discuss how it is a threat to public health and national security, it becomes more real. Further quoting, you can lay out enticements for doing what is right, perhaps by explaining how a strategy of taking on climate change creates jobs and offers prosperity for many. Unquote. In summary, it seems that facts just do not matter to people who live in their bubbles of confirmation biases. Feeding them facts is not the way to make any gains with them. Sad, but true. For those of you who do not believe in climate change or global warming, time for you to tune out now. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has released detailed measurements, comparisons, charts, etc., all showing that the warming just keeps warming. The Northern Hemisphere has had its warmest summer, and it was the third hottest June, July, August globally this year. If you are interested in evidence-based, detailed information showing how and why they know what they know, please go to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's website, noaa.gov. While the details are eye-opening and interesting, this kind of raw data would make for a horrible podcast, so I leave that in your hands. More bad news from the environment side. Greenland's ice caps seem to be rolling nothing but ones lately. This is reported by the National Geological Survey of Denmark and Greenland. The latest chunk to break off of Greenland's ice caps is ridiculously immense. It makes up two-thirds of the total ice lost in the last 20 years. That's a frightening acceleration. But what do I know, right? Well, here are a couple quotes from people who do. Ruth Mottram, an ice scientist at the Danish Meteorological Institute in Copenhagen, said, Again this year, the ice sheet has lost more ice than has been added in the form of snow. Jason Box, a geological survey of Denmark and Greenland professor, said, We should be very concerned about what appears to be progressive disintegration at the Arctic's largest remaining ice shelf. The news isn't good. The Greenland ice sheet is losing mass at accelerated rates. It is also now considered the largest single contributor to rising sea levels. Jason and I did a two-parter on sea level rise way back in the beginning, episodes three and four. It's something that will affect all of us in ways you may not even think of. Two reports were released in September, and they point to humans being responsible for wiping out two-thirds of the world's wildlife in 50 years. What the hell, people? I'm going to quote the Smithsonian regarding the Living Planet Report from the World Wildlife Fund. The study, quote, found that in half a century, human activity has decimated global wildlife populations by an average of 68%, unquote. The report also states that habitat destruction by humans is the greatest threat to the world's biodiversity. Since the 1970s, there has been a 4% decline per year in freshwater mammals, birds, amphibians, and reptile populations. The decline of these freshwater ecosystems is primarily from our damming rivers and usage of fresh water to grow food. The second report was called the Global Biodiversity Outlook Report and was from the United Nations. This was to summarize the progress of 196 countries which had signed on to the 
Eight key biodiversity targets in 2010. Okay, I know I didn't say that right. A-I-C-H-I, biodiversity targets in 2010. This was a 10-year plan to minimize biodiversity collapse globally. According to the report, all have failed to reach any goals. So yeah, that sucks. Executive Secretary of the Convention of the Biological Diversity for the UN, Elizabeth Moroma Mrima, said, quote, The rate of biodiversity loss is unprecedented in human history and pressures are intensifying. Earth's living systems as a whole are being compromised, unquote. She goes on to explain that we are just undermining our own well-being, security, and prosperity. In fact, many experts stress that threats to biodiversity are threats to humans. In other words, we really should care more. This is a very sad story. I love elephants. To me, they are massive and magnificent. This has nothing to do with the story, but I'm going to take a sidebar. Do you all know that elephants have been hunted for their tusks so much that tuskless elephants, which were once rare, are becoming more and more common? You see, those without tusks are worthless, so people leave them be, resulting in more tuskless elephants getting to breed and pass on their genes, while those with tusks are often hunted before they can. If the trend continues, we may one day no longer have elephants with tusks in the wild. Anyway, people suck, but they are not responsible for this particular story. Hundreds of dead elephants were spotted and recorded in Botswana with the help of aerial surveys earlier this year. 169 were spotted in a single three-hour flight. I can't even imagine. While initially unexplained, testing has confirmed poisoning from a toxic bacteria that can occur in standing waters. It's called cyanobacteria and sometimes grows in these large blooms called blue-green algae or toxic blooms. It is found worldwide, though climate change appears to be making it more common. Some of them produce toxins which cause skin irritation, cramps, nausea, fever, sore throat, and even more in humans if bathing in or drinking the contaminated water. It also affects many animals, birds, and fish. The deaths stopped when the waters in the area dried up in June, but 330 elephants are now known to have passed from the ingestion of the bacteria. What's worse is that we already have a declining elephant population and one-third of the population live in that area. Hopefully this doesn't happen again in next year's wet season. Until testing had been completed, cyanobacteria was doubted because it just raises more questions. Why are only elephants being harmed? Why just that area? Is there more to this story? I'll watch and see. This is less sad. In fact, I find it fun. A woman and her son found some interesting artifacts on their farmyard property and brought them back to the house. Her husband was instantly intrigued and next thing they knew the family was all into it, spending entire weekends looking for things. They even made a sifting table to make sure they wouldn't miss anything. Apparently interesting pieces kept coming up. They thought they were aboriginal artifacts until they came across some clay pipes with English factory marks and apparently a few other clues. The most common items were broken wine bottles and smoking pipes. Finally, they saw something on the news about a Wilkes and Liberty 45 jewel being found and realized they had one as well. This finally got them to contact archaeologists. For the most part, it is thought to be either an 18th century tavern or a warehouse for goods shipped along the river there. This is about 140 miles from Raleigh, North Carolina, by the way. The artifacts are mainly from the second half of the 18th century and there are plans to use ground-penetrating radar to see if there are any remnants of structures. 
Now, the one unique item, the one that made them call professionals, it was a glass jewel inscribed with Wilkes and Liberty 45. Wilkes and Liberty 45 was a rallying cry for American malcontents standing in opposition to King George III. Being seen with this signaled others that you were secretly supporting sedation against Great Britain. Only a handful of these exist, so this is an amazing find. There are now several boxes of artifacts from the property being catalogued by a graduate student at East Carolina University. They will be incorporating the information into a thesis that will compare these materials to those found at two other 18th century tavern sites found in the same state. The family will get everything back when the research is completed, but they claim they want the best pieces to be donated to a museum to be displayed somewhere. So have any of y'all heard the laughable bullshit that's been going around this year about 5G? Do none of these people remember freaking out the same way over 4G? I guarantee every single person who had a fit over 4G ended up with a 4G device, if not more than one. It's just an upgraded, faster system. We're now on the fifth generation. If you really are dumb enough to think it could possibly be harmful, then don't have a cell phone or use Wi-Fi. Simple. The rest of us will enjoy the quicker, smoother service as it becomes available. Now, if you really want to complain about the quicker, smoother service that will be offered by 5G, I can give you something real. Something you can complain about that isn't a conspiracy theory about the dreaded 5G from China, for fuck's sake. The real issue is that a huge number of consumers have to have the latest and greatest. And as all of the new 5G-compatible phones and computers are coming out, millions of people will run out to upgrade within the first month, whether or not their current product is working just fine. E-waste is bad all the time, but when a new generation of mobile services become available, there is a massive uptick in disposals of many different products all at once. Everyone with means wants the latest phone, tablet, TV, etc., and while Americans are replacing phones on average every 12 to 18 months, only 10% are recycled. I find that extreme. Every 12 to 18 months? Really? I drag my shit out to the desk door, man. Then there are electronic items that have nothing to do with NEGs. Printers are some of the absolute worst. I can attest to this from personal experience. There are times when you find yourself going to buy a full set of ink, and seeing a brand spanking new printer on sale for about the amount you're about to spend on ink. That's pretty fucked up. It encourages people to buy something new that they don't need, leaving the perfectly fine older one inkless in a closet somewhere. Printers are one of the biggest actual scams out there, but people are so concerned with shouting about evil 5G that nobody even stops to think about it. It's like the conspiracy theories are put out there to distract from the truth. You think? Sorry, this isn't a skeptical segment, so I'll stop. Anyway, a giant plant in Fresno processes about 6 million pounds of discarded electronics per month. This is just regular, not bumped up from any global upgrades. Employees there hammer down the larger items and remove hazards, such as lithium-ion batteries. The real issue lies in the fact that less than one quarter of technology waste in the U.S. is making it to plants like this. The rest go to landfills and incinerators, releasing all sorts of bad things into the environment. Now, I should point out that 19 states do have laws banning throwing electronics out in the trash. But that's just 19 out of 52. And 
Apparently, it is not uncommon for electronics to end up in single stream recycling. Seriously? Who would do that? It doesn't just make them an asshole, it's also dangerous. Compacting the batteries found in today's technology along with paper products has occurred and fires have resulted. This isn't just hypothesized risk. It has actually happened and more than a few times. This 75% of all U.S. technology waste that goes to landfills, incinerators, and for fuck's sake, single stream recycling, are all getting heated at some point in one way or another at various levels and will release environmental risks such as mercury and beryllium. This waste can also contain metals, polymers, and ceramic, several of which will release hazardous toxins when heated. A few of the specific things to be concerned about are mercury, lead, silver, and flame retardants. These harmful products seep into groundwater, affecting both land and sea animals, soil, and sometimes even the health of people living in developing countries where most of the world's e-waste is dumped. Residents of Gaiyu, China have substantial issues around digestion, neurology, respiration, and even bone issues. And this location just happens to be the largest e-waste disposal site in China and possibly the world. There is definitely human responsibility here but the companies can make it more likely that their end users will do the right thing. Canada, parts of Europe, and some U.S. states have passed extended producer responsibility laws, which is a great start, especially if it spreads. These laws require manufacturers to establish and fund systems to recycle or collect obsolete products. Some say we need to go further and require the producers to offer buybacks that make the turning in of an item worth it to more people. By the way, Despite the fact that Canada is one of the places with laws in place, we are somehow still also one of the worst offenders when it comes to e-waste. That's disappointing. This is one of those areas where there are both environment and human rights issues involved in the goods, which many of the biggest manufacturers get from developing countries where excessive mining may be undertaken or employees may not be treated right exposed to toxic dust without masks and other unsafe working conditions. Fortunately, there are at least some companies that are striving to do better on their own without any laws in place. One example is Apple's Daisy robot that was put into action in 2018. Daisy can apparently take apart 200 iPhones in an hour. Apple claims that they have kept 48,000 metric tons of e-waste from landfills. On our part as consumers, I have not always done right. I think there may still be a computer tower up in the storage closet from the 90s. But we should be striving to donate used items or to recycle no longer useful products at proper facilities. Even better than recycling is to reuse, repair, or resell. In purchasing, we can look for Energy Star or EPEAT certification, and once we have a product, we can buy a case, keep it clean, and avoid overcharging in order to ensure we get as much life out of it as possible. Let's make things last a little longer. Let's not upgrade quite so quickly, or just the very moment that the next thing is made available. Maybe let's use things until they're no longer useful. Sometimes my happy moment is just learning about progress in the fight of certain diseases that may offer hope for the future. Cancer affects all of us eventually. We've made some amazing progress in treatment. There are some cancers that are pretty much expected to be survived today. There are still those, however, that remain mysteriously evasive of efforts to date. We can't stop trying though, right? 
Among cancers, one of the difficulties comes from a growth-driving protein in many tumors known as CRAS, K-R-A-S. The issue is that it is difficult to block this protein. Well, the New England Journal of Medicine and the European Society for Medical Oncology Virtual Congress 2020 reported some positive results from the usage of a new CRAS blocker called Sotorasib. Sotorasib. Whatever. I never claim to be good at pronouncing things. Now, this is still in the early stages of testing, but there has been wonderful news from test patients so far. Those who experienced a reduction in their tumors were watched for six months, and during this time, they did not regrow at all. What this means for us regular non-medical folk is that we may be close to getting over one of the biggest roadblocks to defeating some cancers. To me, that's amazing news. I have nothing left to share for this episode. Thank you for listening, and may your health and sanity be replenished daily in these mad times. Thank you to Jason Martin for composing the intro-outro for the podcast, and thank you to Kathy Rayner and Paul Palmer for their musical contributions on the violin and guitar. I hope you will join me in two weeks for episode 25 of Living Through Extinction. situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening. The uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down from Nebraska to Texas. Apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern plains.